So I don't know about you guys, but, you know, after Fear of the Con, I'm just jonesing the game. Yeah, I haven't had a regular game session since the con yet. We took that day off, and then this past Sunday, we uh, we were getting ready for a new game, and you know, basically just doing some world building type stuff and board games. I've, I've been uh, getting my fix on my play by posts. Where do you play by post? Uh, the Fear the Boot site. I used to. Uh, we called it play by email, but uh, <laughs> <clears throat> why is why is there laughter? Just old. Go on. Nobody likes you, Andrew. <laughs> I, I, I was half expecting to say play by bulletin board service, but you were more recent than that, at least. Uh-huh. What? I did BBSs. Uh, yeah. We're all playing ga- games on them? Yeah. Well, Wayne's old, uh, too. I'm I, just saying. <laughs> I ran a virtual uh, uh, virtual wrestling league on there where people role-played out their wrestlers, and I did the matches. I actually started out my uh, play-by-email on bulletin board services. Thank you. FidoNet. <laughs> and, uh, and as Paul pointed out at Fear the Con, I'm apparently the youngest on the podcast. Uh, in, 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 in terms of, of years, yes, you are. <gasps> but uh, we, when, when my group left uh, uh, the bulletin boards, there is this – because we left to go to the internet, <laughs> the sysop – pitched a wall-eyed bitch you know he's like where do you think you're gonna find players you can't find players on the internet you'll only be able to find players here you'll be back you'll all be back (laughs) (laughs) partisan the knight of ringsboro the city's greatest hero is dead but evildoers continue eternal citizens fear they now live in a world without heroes But heroes emerge from the shadow of a champion's fall to take up their rightful place as the Knights of Rainsboro. Paul is Hair Trigger. Tim is the Coyote. Wayne is the Rambling Ricochet. Andrew is the Necropath. of Rainsboro, Knights of Rainsboro, feedback episode for Ghosts of Rainsboro Season 1 and Knights of Rainsboro Season 2. Very exciting stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about the uh, these two seasons now that they're out there for people to listen to. And all done. What the hell is Knights of Rainsboro? What? <laughs> <laughs> it's that thing we played before Ghosts of Rainsboro. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. And yeah. The thing that we played after Ghosts of Rainsboro. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That thing, yeah. <laughs> B-G-O-R and A-G-O-R. <laughs> is, that, is that how we keep time now, Paul? It is. Huh. <laughs> now you well, know. Well, that Ghost of Rainsboro was traumatic enough to deserve something like that. A little bit. 
Well, we're going to talk about Ghosts of Rainsboro here in a little bit. I think, you know, we're going to start with Knights of Rainsboro Season 2. A little bit of intro here, you know, Knights of Rainsboro Season 2 takes place shortly thereafter, uh, Season 1. About a week. Uh, about a week after Season 1. Okay. About a week after Season 1. If I remember correctly, we we've recorded the entirety of this before Ghosts of Rainsboro. So, Knights of Rainsboro Season 2, we introduced a new player. Now, unfortunately, he's not on the mics with us tonight. But, you know, fortunately, that means we can make fun of him. That's right. That's right. So, you know, poor man is Aquaman. Uh. <laughs> so, the character that Aaron made John create, Aqua Devil. <laughs> can I just say that nobody ever picks the character I vote for? Fucking ever. <laughs> Wham. <laughs> Touche. True statement. So yeah, we sandboxed uh with John and uh created gosh, what's that guy's name? Riptide. 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 And, or uh, as I like to refer to him, Mr. Glassjaw. Or, you know, Daniel. Uh, you know, the Aquian. And uh, you know, I, I I was curious as to how that was going to work out, you know, bringing somebody new in after, you know, what did we have? 13 episodes of, of season one and you guys had really, you know, uh, established your relationships. So it took the entire season, all five episodes of of uh, nights uh, to to bring him into the fold, you know? Yeah, I was wondering how we were going to bring him in about halfway into the season when he'd already been in all those episodes. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was it was challenging to uh, to uh, you know fold him into the group, particularly with with circumstances that he was exposed to, like you know teaming up against Hair Trigger and uh, the rest of the knights. What I liked about Riptide is that it opened it up to having that Aquian race that you know just kind of made Rainsboro bigger, right? For me, you know, I mean, our our first season was very much. You know, street level, and you know, it, second season was as well, and I don't foresee that necessarily changing. But you know, opening up that world a little more, and you know, introducing other races and things like that, I enjoyed that. Yeah, no, I think it's a lot of fun. I, I think that uh, that the character posed some challenges for me. Uh, you know, in remembering that the, the freaking guy is blind, I wound up having to put a post-it note on my computer uh, eventually just to remind me he's blind. <laughs> I don't know if John remembers that every time either. No. I mean, it was dry because I, I, you know, I described something. Okay, well, you see, or you sense. <laughs> I laugh so hard every time you describe the color of something, oh, and know. then afterwards had to follow up with, but you have no idea of that because you're blind. <laughs> yeah, no, it was it was awful. I, uh, I, 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 it really challenged me to remember that, you know, because you're just you're used to people having their five senses and i i it, it was challenging but i mean i thought and you know i'm, I'm unfortunately john's not here so I, I hate to uh badmouth him but i thought he was terrible <laughs> no um i i, I thought he, he brought a lot to the character um oh absolutely absolutely you know and we've we've already recorded a bit in season three uh and no spoilers no spoilers but i mean i i think john plays the character very well oh yeah yeah and you know i we won't spoil anything about season three but i do think that we get a broader sense of, of who his character is through that yeah and i've done a lot of joking about the glass jaw thing when in reality everyone knows i roll for shit i cannot roll a dice to save my life and there is something ironic that the only time i get really good rolls was when i'm fighting his new character when I'm fighting someone who's supposed to be a new teammate, that's when I'm suddenly rolling, you know, outrageously well. That well, just it fit. 
um, the, the thing I have to add to that was um, most of us have gamed with John before, at least once or twice. Mm-hmm. It was not like it was a brand new person experience for sure, us. Sure, it wasn't sure. like just one of us had gamed with them. I think we yeah. all had. So, and we all knew them. So, yeah. I think that well, that helped. Yeah. Which brings me to a you know a question because this is something that uh, was new for me. Um, you know, I, I'm used to just basically playing a character who you know has to roll against the GM. But John's character was my first instance of kind of <laughs> like PvP on PvP action. Right. Um, and so that was kind of new for me. And uh, you know, I thought it, you know it, it it made for a heck of a cliffhanger. You know, when we're fighting the World Defense Force. But I enjoyed that part of it. No, I, I thought that you know that you know it, it was very you know very superhero uh, oh yeah you know trope that yeah know, we, we we fight before we you know team up. I was just I'm just making a note that uh, Paul likes PvP for no I'm just writing it down for no reason. <laughs> now, I, we should remember that for next time one of us writes something for him. I gather that Tim does not enjoy the PvP nearly as much as Paul does. I'm guessing not. And and did not actually enjoy that part of the story. <laughs> so, all right, I'll, I'll tell the story. I was really, like, legitimately pissed off that Wayne was like, hey, let's get together these people <laughs> and put them in front of everybody, and it'll be a big clusterfuck. I was so <laughs> mad. <laughs> and so I was a little passive-aggressive. <laughs> That's what it was. Like, oh, I hate this idea so much. <laughs> When in reality, Aaron was going to do it to us anyways, and I figured that out later. Like, you know, <laughs> he's going to do it regardless. I, let let Wayne have his fun. I, I, had that, I did have that moment of, should I actually go through and do this? And then I had that same realization that you did, Tim, but I had it beforehand. It's like, you know what? We need to get everyone together anyway so we can start moving down the join the group path. And eventually we're going to have to fight these guys anyway. Let's... Let's push it a little bit. I am shocked. Shocked that you believe that I would manipulate circumstances to pit player versus player. I know. Shocking, right? Shocked. Shocking. I, I'm, I, I, I just don't, I don't even know what to say. We've all played your zombie, zombie game, Aaron. <laughs> <sighs> so uh, one of the questions that we had from, uh, from a listener was, what happened with Ramiel? And I assume that that, that that question is is like whatever happened to the to the uh, character or what because you know we do hear in season two in uh, you know one of the radio broadcasts that uh, Ramiel shows up so we know Ramiel's still in town so I, and I think we talked about this in the season one feedback episode that uh, Jonathan who not to be confused with Thistledown John who plays uh, Riptide but Jonathan who uh, plays Ramiel or uh, helped create Ramiel anyway, um, (laughs) it uh, it is not podcasting any longer. Uh, And, you know, while we hope that one day he will return to us in the light, uh, (laughs) uh, he is not podcasting at this time and hasn't been for a while. Well, and I want to point something out there. And you pointed out that, uh, you know, we saw Ramiel show up in one of those radio broadcasts. We as players... I don't know if everyone realizes this, that we don't hear any of that until Aaron releases it. Like all yeah. of these radio clips and things, those are something he puts together that are as big of a surprise to us as players as they are to anyone listening. I do that because I want the downloads. 
<laughs> Five extra dollars. That's right. That's right. Yeah, no, that, that's a good point. You know, even some of these scripted scenes, um, which we'll talk a little bit more about later, are uh, you know are something that are, are surprises to the rest of the gang. You know, some of these story beats, and especially anything that's scripted, you know, before or at the end of the show. You know, those are uh, those are not typically known in game. No. So speaking of story, Aaron, sir. We have a, we have a couple of questions regarding the big pinks specifically. Yes. Sure. So first question, I'm going to do this a little out of order. Do we have an actual name for the big pinks? Like a, a I guess an official technical name. Yes. Okay. Big are you pinks. going to, Are you going to share? <laughs> <laughs> well, they're known in game obviously as big pinks. Yes, there is a uh, a a uh, a proper technical scientific name for them that is not biggest pinkus. But, uh, uh, yes, that will be revealed later. Ah, okay. Well, the other question we had was, did the Big Pinks have anything to do with Iron Claw's plans, or was it a red herring? No, it, they, they, were, they were key to Iron Claw's plans. Um, there, there are some clues to it in uh, Season 2, and I don't think it spoils anything to, to reveal it. But the Big Pinks were, were the ones who moved the cable and connected the cable from the reservation to Dogger Island. So if you recall, Riptide was talking. It was maybe it wasn't Riptide. Maybe it was uh, uh, Coyote. Coyote was talking to the fish, and the fish were talking about you know big people, you know big school uh, came through, you know. Oh yeah, okay, I remember that. I think that was Coyote who was talking to him. Yeah, I think so too. But but yeah, uh, you know now was Iron Claw responsible for creating them? Uh, you know, that there's more to come in that regard. But yes, the Big Pinks were key to his plan. Hmm. Good to know. See, we don't even know these things. I know, even crazy, though, right? I'm really glad I'm really glad that Tim submitted these questions. <laughs> <laughs> that is a wonderful idea. I'm totally going to do that for next one. Take the questions that I have and submit them as fake users. Yeah, that's a good idea. Like this next question, Aaron, how does it all end? <laughs> Stay tuned. Um, no, the next question actually is, you know, season one was 13 episodes, um, you know, roughly an hour, hour plus in length. Um, for season two, we moved to a new format um, and moved to five, a five episode season. And so the question was, why was season two so short? Well, was it really was it really a choice, or is that just kind of how the story unfolded? Well, you know, the, I kind of had these things laid out kind of loosely, and you know, there there are certain decisions where you guys could go one way or the other, and if you went one way, it was going to be a five uh, episode season, and if you went the other way, it'd be a seven episode season. Um, so it, you know, you guys obviously went left instead of right, and it was five episodes. Uh, we did make a conscious choice, though to not make it a 13 episode season simply for the fact and you know I, I think our listeners are probably pretty aware of this that our schedules get so crazy um, and you know most of the time it's me you know uh, where work is is impinging on uh, recording time but sometimes it's some of the other guys around the mics and it just gets so challenging so you know we, we made a conscious effort let's not do another 13 episode season as much as we might like to. We just want to make sure that we're we're delivering complete stories. That's a really long answer for for saying Wayne. 
<laughs> well, Wayne, you know, I mean, but it makes sense. I mean, we had, you know, season one, we had five guys on the mics, and you know, uh, you know, five guys. Most of us are married. Some of us have kids. I mean, it's it's difficult to schedule five guys. And in season six, we said, you know, we got this down pat. Season one was only a pain in the ass to schedule. Let's make season two more difficult. <laughs> and season six. So we threw another person at the fire. And uh, you know, it, it, you know, it's, it's trying to coordinate six people's schedules. Um, well, you know, it's actually, hard enough for funny books. Trying to coordinate five of them is pretty easy. It's just the sixth who's running the game that's the problem. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I we've all this had difficulties. Become the blame game. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, Andrew is the reason she's stupid. Yeah, it's my fault, guys. Hey, I apologize to all our listeners. Uh, I, uh, I accept your scorn. <laughs> but but yeah, I mean it was a conscious decision to go with shorter seasons going forward, uh, so that we can get full stories out there quicker. Um, and I think season two did not falter because of it. And you know I, I think when we talk about Ghosts of Rainsboro here in a little bit, I, I think in some ways it even helps to have the shorter, right? You know, more focused story. So now, another, another question that comes across is: uh, Are we happy with the Savage World system, and have we thought about switching systems? Well. Paul and I were talking. Oh, my God. <laughs> no. no. No, you weren't. No. Actually, I'm pretty happy with the Savage World system. I've got no desire to switch. How about the rest of you guys? So I'm kind of of two minds. I like the superhero compendium for it, but I still just generally hate Savage Worlds. I do not like the system at all. Really? I hate the shaken mechanic. Huh. I think it's the one of the stupidest mechanics of any game system ever. I love shaken. Something that yeah, I I just hate shaking. Just overall, I'm not a fan of the system itself. It does hasn't taken away from the game because I've really enjoyed the game, and I do I like what they've done with the superpowers. So I think the superpower stuff is really good. It's just that base game that bothers me. How did I not know this? Uh, he, he said it before every t- every other time he's shaking. He's like, that's right. You know, I hate shaking. Shaking sounds pretty lame. <laughs> yeah, I think it is a horrible mechanic. Anything that makes the player not do something, I think is a bad mechanic in either role-playing games or video games. Now, it's one thing if it's really difficult to do, but every time you're hit, pretty much you're shaken. What I like about shaken is that it actually has, there. there is actually consequences for being injured. You know, that's what I like about it. And I like that shaken doesn't have to be a physical attack. Uh, I think some of my favorite characters, while we don't have any in this game, but some of my favorite characters are the ones who can taunt or intimidate to shake a to shake a uh, a character. I, I think it's a fantastic mechanic. Yeah, my uh, my ghost guy had had the taunts. Yeah, and I yeah, love that. Yeah. I love that. Uh, I, I think that's one of the things that you know early on that I liked so much about Savage Worlds as a player when I realized that I didn't have to be a tank to be effective on the field. I love it. I, I like the Savage World system, but even if I was unhappy with it, I'm not a fan of switching systems mid-story, I guess. Yeah. Like, if we all decided, hey, let's get together and we'll do uh, a different superhero game and it's going to be, be a different system, eh, maybe. But I just don't want to switch midstream. I guess. Yeah. yeah, well, and quite frankly, coming as someone who's edited and her, you know, seen what Aaron has to go through, through to edit... It's Savage Worlds is kind of easy to edit, as far as oh. an actual play. Oh yeah, if we broke out champions, Paul, oh. you'd, you'd quit editing. Oh. 
Ooh. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> the only rough. thing the only thing I might consider at this point, because I agree with Tim, I don't like changing systems at all in the middle of a uh, game, but I might consider looking at the, they released that updated uh, superpowers compendium. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It might be interesting to look through that and see what they change and just see if there are any tweaks we wanted between seasons. Sure. I would never do that in the middle of a season. Yeah, you know, uh, so speaking of compendiums, I'm going to just throw this out here randomly. You know, Savage Worlds recently had a Kickstarter for this East Texas University compendium. Have you guys seen that? I have. I I kicked in on it. Yeah, it's it's very Buffy-esque. Seems like it would be fun to incorporate some of that into a Squires of Rainsboro uh, gaming session. Just saying, Aaron. Mm. Just saying. Mm. I know we're not in Texas, but, you know, same general principle. So, Andrew, I don't think you commented on uh, Savage Worlds as our system. I, I enjoy Savage Worlds uh, quite a bit. Um, you know, kind of its greatest strength. We talked actually talked about this when we were we were switching over to it. Is that uh, I really like the the flexibility and, and ability to apply Savage Worlds and reskin it quickly between different syst- uh, kind of genres and sure. plots and, and, and whatnot. I also find that to be kind of its greatest weakness because a lot of you, you don't get mechanics reinforcing the unique aspects of your of what you're playing RK superheroes. Sure. But for you know something we're recording on Skype and we're editing to release and we're focused more on the story than the actual combat, I uh, uh, I, I like it a lot. Well, and I think that's where the superhero compendium comes in. That does give you a little flavor of the superhero aspect of it. That uh, if we were just doing like a base Savage Worlds without all these extra powers and just saying a blast is a blast, then it would feel a little more samey than it does. Yeah, I mean, Superhero Compendium fleshes out some additional details, but... I think of a lot of it's just kind of smoke and mirrors. They, you know, they take the time they take the time to write out the fluff, but the mechanics underneath it are are relatively similar. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, but no, for for what we're using it for, I, I like it quite a lot. So, so Aaron, I'm going to throw in something a little differently here. Uh oh. Well, I, I'm going to skip down to our outline because it it kind of fits in with what we're talking about. Madness. Madness. <laughs> Yeah, I don't Are care we, for this. This is wow, <laughs> uh, Paul. We're gonna have to talk about this after. <laughs> yeah, I, I, Paul, you should have just written it that way to begin with. Who writes the outlines? Who writes the outlines? Who wrote this thing? Yeah, huh. yeah. Hmm. that guy. Huh? He should probably be sacked. Hate <laughs> <laughs> that guy. Doesn't know how to do his job. Um, are we thinking about writing any of this down as a setting? Thinking about, I think I can safely say we we do think about it frequently. We yeah. talk about it even. There are a number of reasons why we haven't done that yet. Most <laughs> uh, of them boil down to laziness. No, a- a- absolutely. I would love to release a setting book. That's what <laughs> I have to say. That's what period. I have. To, that's what I have to say in that regard. There, there wasn't a comma. <laughs> that was a period. <laughs> nope. And I, I think we would all love to do it. There are a lot of factors to consider. Um, you know, as far as incorporate, you know, far, as far as bringing this out as a setting uh, book, but it is on our minds. It's something we'd love to do. Um, hopefully, it's something we get to do soon. And hey, if you really want to see it, keep bothering us about it. Exactly. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The, 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 you know, the, the, if you want this to happen, I, I will put this straight up. If you want a Uh-oh. setting book for Knights of Rainsboro. Tell your friends to listen to the show. Absolutely. That was exactly what I was going to say. Pimp it. Pimp the show. Tell people about uh, Knights of Rainsboro and Ghosts of Rainsboro. Because uh, 
while we're very happy with the listenership we have, what we really need is a larger listenership to warrant uh, moving to a setting book. And that was a setting book, not a sitting book. (laughs) (laughs) Or or, or both. (laughs) So, you know, so uh, listenership. You know, leave comments on the blog, iTunes reviews, share it on your Facebook page. Anything you can do to help get the word out on this, you know, um, all going to help. Absolutely. So, you know, please get the word out there, and uh, you know, y- you will see that setting book if our listenership grows, the, Ab- you know, the way we hope it would. Absolutely. So, guys, favorite favorite moments of season two? I- I'll lead off. I can tell you, I, 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 it is crystal clear in my mind. Favorite moment of season two when Hair Trigger strips down to uh to you know use her suit to repair the cable <laughs> i when i was edit- when i was editing that episode you know you got to keep in mind that when i'm running the game i'm very much you know thinking about you know th- thinking about what's happening and then preparing for the next moment so a lot of times the humor of what's happening is a little lost on me uh so i'm editing the episode and it was like i heard it for the first time and I laughed and laughed and laughed, particularly when you've got uh, the coyote who's working his magic and doing everything he can to hold you know, the sky together. And he stops to take a mental picture. <laughs> <laughs> Favorite moment. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> uh, well, I guess uh, I'll go next. Um Favorite moment stripping down for Tim. You know, you know that that was one of my favorite moments. I will say one of my favorite moments was you know, but I also liked Hair Trigger being um you know kind of outside the law in this season and you know and kind of being a little bit you know of course I like it that she was a little bit of the focus um, of the driving you know factor of you know World Defense Force and the fight and all that stuff. Um, I enjoyed porting away from the fight you know when when andrew and magus are having a, a you know a, a legal discussion and i'm like aaron can i just port away <laughs> and and then i just port away um but you know uh, i gotta say one thing that i really really enjoyed was uh the concluding scene of the finale um the the scripted scene that aaron had um his voice actor record um as Christopher Columbus, as Christopher, you know, reading out the readings from Christopher Columbus's journals, and you know what what happens when uh, you know when he he discovers the Americas and you know and that kind of thing. And I just thought that scene was was really well done, um, well acted, uh, you know, well edited, everything about it. Just really enjoyed that. Thank you. Uh, you know, uh, when uh, Gary uh, is the, my, my friend that's the voice actor, uh, he listened to the episode and his, his response back to me was, why am I not surprised that you have crucifixion sound effects? <laughs> <laughs> Free sound project. Can find anything <laughs> anything well, you need. Well, you know, what was hysterical is while, I, you know, I had the, the hammering sound that I got from Free Sound Project. Yeah. But I wasn't happy with any of the screams or wailing, so I recorded those myself and then remixed them. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm standing in my in my man cave where I where I'm doing my recording, and you know the the room backs up to the alley that separates my house and my neighbor's house, and I can see him over the over the fence looking at me because I'm doing the oh. 
<laughs> He's like, do I need to call the ambulance or is it just that guy being weird again? <laughs> Pretty hysterical. Yes. Uh, okay, so so my favorite moment uh, of season two, I think, it's self-serving perhaps, but I think it's when we... Re- recognized uh trapdoor <laughs> and, and the coyote i just jumped him in the middle of the street i was very surprised by that you know i i think that i have uh I, i've shared previously i really don't script what you guys are gonna do yeah uh you know i just kind of go with it and so i'll, I'll just kind of you know put the play put the character out there and see what happens but you know i, I really hadn't expected that y'all were gonna jump him i thought you were gonna follow him yeah. You know, I, but I didn't think that y'all were going to jump him, and so I, that really didn't surprise me. <laughs> I just love how how Tim's character, the coyote, was like, "What are we doing? What's going on? Oh, that's that guy. Okay, <laughs> bam!" and then clocks someone in the face. <laughs> and he's like, "What was it? What was it? Stars, Ebola, get away!" <laughs> to the the bi- as the bystanders started to come over, yeah. bird flu. You don't want this. <laughs> <laughs> I just uh, I just loved how Tim Tim rolled with that. It uh, it still makes me giggle when I think about it. H one N one. I believe the phrase was H one N one motherfuckers. Yeah, that sounds right. <laughs> hey, you may be right, and and my son may be in the room next door. So there you go. So Tim. Oh, do I go with the one that has me in it, or do I go with the one that doesn't have me? Well, I went with the one with me, so you're going to make me look bad if you go with the one that doesn't have me. <sighs> All right. So that's the one you go with. Well, that's the one I go with. <laughs> um, when, when I talked <laughs> when I talked Ricochet into breaking the cable. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> so happy. Like, I'm like, I don't know if Weed's going to go with this. Eh, fuck. We'll, we'll try. <laughs> so, <laughs> Just he fails an Agamon more and he fails again an Agamon more and Riptide turns me. He's like, you really take this trickster stuff seriously? <laughs> I was well, so happy. Yeah, I, I did. A, yeah, no one's gonna call you a pussy if you don't do it. I mean, it's okay to be scared. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to know what was yours that you didn't go with then? Um, Andrew working so hard to get into uh, Ironclaw Towers, and he's like, hey, maybe somebody should do something about this guy up there. And they go, yeah, we're working on it. He's like, okay. And he walks. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, was, that, was, that was horrible. I spent like Are you kidding rounds. me? <laughs> I spent like three rounds fighting the title forces. And I get in there, and Aaron's like, yeah, there's a bunch of scientists, people running around pointing. Do they seem concerned? Oh, yeah, they seem concerned. Eh, I guess they got this. Then. <laughs> <laughs> I'm no scientist. I'll head out this way. God, that was hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate you. I hate you. <laughs> so, Wayne? So, like, Tim, I have two that I'm thinking of, and I'm going to go with the one that had me in it. Uh, <laughs> when Coyote and Necropath are getting ready to torture Trapdoor, and you have that moment where they realize we need to get Ricochet to leave the area. And I asked uh, Hair Trigger to have a conversation. And there's those awkward moments where I could hear in Paul's voice that he thinks, oh, God, now Ricochet is going to be hitting on me, too. <laughs> and I yeah. like the conversation that they actually had. That was a really good yeah. in-character conversation. It was. Where he's... I was letting a little bit of the serious side of him out where he's, he doesn't like all these side effects and he really wants help. And the, this whole out-of-character aspect of it was, let's get him out of the scene so they can do what they want to do. The uh, 
the moment that I didn't go with as my runner up though was uh Cousseau in the bathtub with the girlfriend. Oh. Yeah, that was right. <laughs> Fantastic. Thank you for drawing me a bath. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love Cousteau. <laughs> we can tell you love Cousteau, Aaron, because when Cousteau comes out, you can just hear the glee in your voice. It's like the trickster comes out in you, and you just love it. <laughs> okay, so uh, least favorite moment from season Ooh. two, Paul. Of course you'd start with me. Of course I would. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Aaron, did you say what's your most favorite moment from I did. That yes, w- you did. That's I right. Did. All right. Yeah, okay. <sighs> I'd say for me, the least favorite moment, the least favorite moments for me in season two were where were when Hair Trigger was alone. Oh. Um, well, Because she, she was sad? Because she was sad and lonely. <laughs> no, but uh, because, you know, while I enjoyed establishing the base and all that stuff, um... You know, waiting for that disc to decrypt. Um, like, I, I didn't, like, I had a hard time figuring out, like, she can't really go out because she's a fugitive. She can't really do anything with the disc because it's still decrypting. So she's just going to kind of sit around and scratch her ass. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and, 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 and that might have just been me. You know, it, it had been a while since we recorded, and that was the first episode of season two. And there's always that little bit of, like, you know, getting back into the character, which well, is funny because I. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just 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 the dust off, you know, just brushing the dust off, like Andrew said um, at the beginning of the season. But once we got into it, I was fine. It was, you know, that initial moment of like, is that disc decrypting? Still decrypting? All right, well, uh, move along. That, that you know that <laughs> that you know for for me, I just I wasn't sure exactly what to do in that moment. But you know that that that's no fault of anyone uh, other than myself because you know as as the I'm, I'm still the least experienced gamer <laughs> even after a couple of years now. Um, and, and you know sometimes you know I'm, I'm, I play with these guys and the imaginations that they have in the moment and the, how quickly they get into their characters just amazes me because I, I still haven't I still haven't mastered that art you know I, it takes me a while to to really you know find my motivation I guess but <laughs> but yeah I mean so that, so that was it for me how about you Andrew uh, you know I had a couple but I think my Least when I was listening to it, it wasn't bad at the moment. Uh, but when I was listening through the episodes, I really didn't care for how the interrogation of Trapdoor played out because uh, compared to kind of the somewhat consistent tone we maintained through our episodes, it was really kind of I found it to be um, dissonant, kind of off key with the rest of it. So well, it seemed. Oh, go on. Oh, is, is do you say that because of how dark it went? Yes. Okay. I was waiting to see if there was an option B or no. I, yes. <laughs> you know, I I struggled with that. Um, I honestly, you know, I, there there is a role playing game out there called Torture the RPG, and it is a mini game that was designed by uh, a listener of Fear the Boot. And I, I thought real hard about using that game system. Uh, within because it does kind of provide some framework to torture and it's real it's very narrative driven why am i not surprised that you've bought a copy of this to actually see how it works i, I and i actually love it wayne <laughs> <laughs> and i i will use it one uh, someday because what it does is is it allows the victim to narrate so that at no point does the torture go so off the rails that it ruins your character right yeah. Um, but it does allow you know some guidance as to what you're giving up and whatnot. And the reason why I didn't use it is because I because it allows the victim to narrate. 
and the victim was an NPC, I didn't think that would be very interesting to listen to. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's more interesting when it's kind of player versus player. Yeah, right. Had, yeah. And I, had, you know, I, I had just listened to Wayne's comments about this whole torture thing on his other podcast. That we won't mention. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, I legitimately toned back some. So yeah, it was dark and it's di- a lot different than everything else. Um, but I remember trying in the moment to not be as terrible as <laughs> as, as you might been. otherwise be. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we didn't we didn't chop off any digits, you know. No, we didn't no. Board anybody. I no, was there was no permanent damage to him whatsoever. No, it was just all psychological mainly. God, I wanted to take his hand, but yeah. <laughs> well, oh. and I found it so ironic that the uh, the character that you guys were torturing took the time to get rid of the one character that would have stopped people from torturing him. That I was the one that was thrown off into the other, you know, other dimension. Well, I'll be honest, Wayne, you know, the, the website that your tech guy put up for you is kind of annoying. So, I mean, I don't think we can blame Trapdoor for picking you to lash out at. <laughs> I mean, Tim and our guy's just roughing him up. I mean, he keeps getting those spam emails from, from Lester in uh-huh. his inbox. Uh-huh. I think Trapdoor just had enough. Fair. So uh, that but was Lester gets a good kickback on the clickthroughs. Not saying he doesn't. So that was Andrew's least favorite moment. Tim, yes. what was yours? I'm gonna go a little meta. Okay. Um, the least favorite moment of mine was the discrepancy between when issue when the last two episodes drop compared to the rest of it. Well, that's fair. Um, I think we lost oh, yeah. some people because there was such a big gap. That maybe you know didn't come back on. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. Okay. For me, it was uh, having so many episodes with John on the mics and not being able to role play with him. I think it did take yeah. us a. Li- it took us too long to actually sync up with him. Mm-hmm. So there was uh, quite a few scenes where you know you'd have to go to him and you'd have to role play with him for a while with NPCs, and then we'd jump back to us. And it was one of those. You know, I kept wondering how can we. Is there anything I can do to help Aaron bring the team together sooner? Because I know how hard it is with a split party. And this is even worse because it was a split party that didn't know each other yet. Well, you know, and yeah, it took a while to get John in. But, you know, when you look at it, it was really only, you know, three episodes. Actually, two, you know, because in the Third, no, it's four. It, he showed up. He was able to join you guys in the fourth, right? That's when y'all had direct. Yeah. Yep. So, in a positive note, I really like that John's with us now. Uh huh. Yeah. Oh, totally. you know, it, it's great to game with that guy on a regular basis. Absolutely. You know, ish. <laughs> so, Aaron, what was your least favorite part? Uh, you know, my least favorite part uh, is in episodes four and five, uh, the combat at. Uh, uh, the fairgrounds. It seemed to go on too long to me, and so I'm, I'm really kind of reevaluating how how I could have resolved that quicker. Well, so we should probably say something. <clears throat> You're not a big fan of combat. Not a huge fan, no. I like it. I and I, it has its place. I just for and I think there's a difference between the the folks who are playing it. You know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm throwing dice. I'm having a good time versus the folks listening to it. Yeah. Well, and I will say I enjoy the more narrative combat, like the fight in the arena. 
in uh, absolutely in season one. You know where you know the, I fall from the raft. Well, hair trigger falls from the rafters, and Andrew, you know, stabs the guy in the eye. And you know, I mean, those were. It wasn't just like you know, it wasn't just rolling dice. It was you know a more narrative. And I think we had some of that in the the, uh, the amusement park fight with the teacups and all that as well. Yeah, I, I don't feel like the uh, the fairgrounds fight was nearly as narrative as what we did in season one, um, and that's that's where my frustration came from. And sometimes, you know, and we'll talk about it after we record. Is you know we didn't do enough of that. Yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. it's just it's so easy to be in the moment and just throwing dice and forgetting, you know, that to we narrate. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that, yeah, that, that that's was a hit. Frustration. Yeah, I mean, you know, sometimes we'll just get that's a hit. Exactly, you know? exactly. So that was that's my frustration. That's also a function of what time it is too. Oh, sh- we're still fighting. It's nine thirty. Right. Yeah. 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 True. So no, I, I all of that comes into play. So we're going to switch focuses a bit. You know, just like Knights of Rainsboro had kind of a break in the middle, um, so was the Knights of Rainsboro feedback. Um, and we're going to talk a little bit about Ghost And you'll hear the rest of this feedback episode in six months. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because it's true. This <laughs> one person screaming at their iPod right now. <laughs> Cue music. No. Um, so in September of last year, late September of last year, we started releasing Ghosts of Rainsboro. Um, or maybe it was October that we started releasing it. No, I think it was September. It was we started releasing Ghosts of Rainsboro. It was a six-part series, three um, sandboxing, three actual plays, one extra-sized actual play. Um, you know, we, we had Mikey Mason on on the mics with a us. Special guest podcaster. Yeah, special guest star Mikey Mason. Was, um, now, Andrew, unfortunately. No, I was not there, but Mikey did bring one of the best running gags to a podcast that I have ever heard in my life. Man, Paul. Yes, for sure. Damn you! And Mike. by the way, that's that's both my, that is my favorite, second favorite, and third favorite moments from from Ghost of Rainsboro <laughs> as a listener. <laughs> so, first question, listener feedback wise, as far as when is as far as, far as Ghost of Rainsboro is when when is Ghosts of Rainsboro set? Well, I think we make it pretty clear at the end of Knights of Rainsboro season two when it's set, and it's set within uh, Knights of Rainsboro season two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, pretty much simultaneously. Yeah, I mean the 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 last moments of uh, of episode five of season two of Knights of Rainsboro are the same as the last moments of uh, episode three of uh, yeah. Ghosts of Rainsboro. Yeah, you know, Ghosts of Rainsboro was actually a lot longer than I thought it was going to be. Like uh, the act, the full season of uh, Knights of Rainsboro season two was shorter than I expected. But when we were first talking about a uh, a Halloween story. Uh, with a more horror feel, I thought we were doing it as a one shot and maybe at most go into a second session. We did more sandboxing than I expected. And the actual session, you know, we were, was it three sessions, four sessions? It was three game sessions and uh, three sandbox sessions. Yeah, Yeah, it was, uh, it worked out well and I I enjoyed the length of the story, but it was a lot more than I thought it was going to be. I was expecting a one shot at most. Well, I think the reason that we had three sandboxing sessions, and it wasn't originally planned 
you know, to, to go that way. I think we had planned on one or two sandboxing sessions. Um, but, you know, we, you know, with, with a, a special guest star like Mikey Mason, who has availability issues, you know, we had to sandbox his character separately. And it kind of worked out because he came with a number of characters. So, I mean, we had a full episode worth of conversation with Mikey as far as yeah. his characters. Well, and that's uh, one of those scheduling issues. Yeah. I would say that's one of those behind the curtains thing is that, uh, scheduling is hard enough, but, when you have uh, someone like Mikey who has scheduling problems and you have Aaron who continues to have the same issues, that made it really difficult for us to get together sometimes. Well, yeah, <clears throat> and, and it put a, a, a big sense of urgency on Ghosts of Rainsboro. I mean, it was it was like, OK, we've got to get it done by this day. I mean, you know, with with Knights of Rainsboro being kind of open ended, you know, we often don't feel the level of urgency that we did around Ghosts, but we were really trying to get Ghosts done in the Halloween season, or mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the Halloween season, Correct. and uh, uh, so th- there was there was that pressure. Plus, if if I recall correctly, as we were s- trying to schedule the very last recording, Mikey was like, "Yeah, I'm good on this date and this date, and then I am booked through the end of the year." <laughs> we yeah, like, he was about to go on tour. <laughs> yeah, and we're like, "Fuck!" So you know, I had to hustle up and and you know accommodate the schedule. But it, you know, the 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 time pressure that we have, I think, really served us well on uh, Ghosts of Rainsboro. I, I I was real happy with uh, with the way all of that turned out. You know, the and we talk a little bit about it in those sandbox episodes. But you know, the reason why we went three sandbox episodes instead of two was I had that moment where I was like, I don't know how to scare these guys. You know, they're superheroes. How do you scare superheroes? And so we had to have that whole conversation about what's at risk and, you know, what's safe to jeopardize for your character. And yeah. I, I thought I, I really enjoyed those, those sandbox sessions. And, man, they paid off huge later in Ghosts. So before we go into the actual, you know, Ghosts proper, um, well, you know, again, behind the curtains. And that's the point of this episode is what happened to Hexfire? And I think as a player – you know, Hexfire was introduced by John, who plays Riptide in Knights of Rainsboro Season 2. And, um, you know, that goes back to our scheduling issues, you know, is once we changed the schedule, you know, John was just not able to join us. And so, you know, we, we thankfully, you know, he, he was open to recording a bit for us that allowed us to do something different with his character. Well, and I sent John a note uh, when he said, hey, I'm not going to be able to, to game. I said, well, do you mind if I mess with your character a little bit? I said, you know, here's what I'm thinking. And he was like, oh, yeah, I'm down for that. And I said, would you record some audio for me? And so that's where we got that piece of audio that we played in game of, uh, you know, his voicemail to uh, Johnny Boondocks. I, I thought that was great. You know, I, I thought it was a, a good way to end the first episode. And, you know, that that first episode, you know, if you I, I think that if you listen to that first episode of Ghost of Rainsboro and compare it to the second and third episodes of Ghosts of Rainsboro, there is a significant tonal shift. Uh, you know, we, we go darker in episodes two and three than we went in episode one. And, you know, the whole reason that I set that first episode the way I did was I just wanted to see how the characters work together. Uh, and and to give them that opportunity where the stakes weren't as high 
to kind of start working together. You know, even though we had some backstory, you know, it's still the, the issue of the actual players working their characters with one another. And so I, I set that kind of one one off story uh, with those, you know, in, in, to 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 let the the players get used to each other as those characters before taking them into, you know, the super dark story of episodes two and three. Well, and we should probably, can, can, do you want to talk about the original plan for what you introduced in season in episode one? Oh, how, uh, how the, uh, the, the golem, the Frankenstein monster was going to reappear. Yes. Yeah. You know, I, I, I had had plans for him to show up elsewhere in uh, episodes two and three, um, actually episode three, but we were we were running long, and I decided that we didn't need that complication anymore. Um, that I, I didn't want to extend the ending out more than we did, so it's something I'll save for another episode. Favorite part of Ghosts of Rainsboro? Let's go in reverse order this time. Um, <laughs> so Wayne. So I. It's really hard to pick because there were so many great moments. But for me, my favorite part is actually a little bit meta. There was a moment in there where my character has a hot gothic sister that is hitting on Mikey Mason. And Mikey draws a picture of how he imagines this going down and he texts it to me. Well, the problem is the num- phone number he has for me, and I don't mean our characters. I mean, Mikey texted me on my phone, except the phone number he has is my old number, which is my wife's. So my wife is out in the <laughs> living room, and she gets this picture that Mikey's drawn. And she comes back, and I mute the mic real quick, and she's like, what the hell is this? And I'm like, I have no idea, because by that point, we've already gone on from that scene, and it's not clicking. And it's only after later conversation that we all piece together what happened and that uh, he had sent the picture and it just got to the wrong person. And she's like, some stranger is drawing pictures and stalking me on my phone. (laughs) I think it was episode two and we were tracking, uh, tracking these, these things to the diner. We're all sitting there talking about it. And I, I, and, Remember, I'm like seven. Uh, uh, physically, I'm a seven-year-old. I'm like, right. what do you want me to do? You want me to walk in there? And yeah. there's silence. There's <laughs> silence for like 20 seconds. I'm like, are you kidding? Okay. And Tim, I loved when your character rode up on her bicycle, and at, well, it was it was it was issue one where, where you, she introduces herself to the you know to the group. I. I, I, I told Aaron, I said, this is literally a blank check for you to F me over. Just <laughs> do your worst. <laughs> and four-year-old girl. Uh, 11-year-old girl. That's pretty good. What, 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 what do you got, Paul? Um, well, we're going to talk about it in a little bit. But I, I, yes, we I, are. I, yeah, <laughs> the ending. The ending for me. Um, but, it, but outside of the ending, um, I'd have to say... Ghosts of Rainsboro, and this is no offense to anything that we've recorded uh, separately. I'm already offended. I should be horribly offended. Jesus Christ, Paul! <laughs> <I'm getting offended. laughs> it, it is our best edited, best, most listenable actual play for me. Um, the the especially the last the last two episodes are probably the 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 fa- my favorite thing that we've ever recorded ever. Um, you know the the music that builds up. 
um, to the horrific ending in season two, um, the sounds of the worms, all the sound effects that we incorporated, things like that. Um, I just, I, I, I love, I, I, I listened, I typically listen to our Knights of Rainsboro episodes, you know, once, and I listen to funny books once when I edit them. Um, Knights, Knights of Rainsboro episodes two and three, I've probably listened to at least six, seven times each. Um, I just adore those two episodes. This explains a great deal about Paul. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a horrible person. You are. How about you, Andrew? Well, I think I already said, I think, I think, uh, having Mikey come in with the whole Mon Paul, uh, bit and not just the pitch. And, and that was of course like, haha, funny, but the way he worked it in when he was talking to the kids that you guys found in the basement, with the Frankenstein monster. And he's, you know, he worked in like, well, you know, really all of his friends love him and this is how they show it. I mean, just how that kept running through the, uh, through the, uh, uh show, uh, just killed me. So, uh, I, that that would be my favorite moment from Ghost of Rainsboro. My favorite moment. Uh, I have a couple of favorite moments from Ghosts of Rainsboro. I I I'm I'm very fond of it, and I I think I'm very fond of it because it's self-contained. Yeah. You know, like if we never recorded another Ghosts of Rainsboro, you've got all the story you need right there. It's, it's a complete story. Yeah, and I, and I yeah. really like that. Um, f- you know, you guys who are GMs know. That sometimes you work on something and you're like, you know, I think this is, I think this is cool, and I hope my players do too. Yeah. And there are times when you know you're like, I think this is fucked up, and I hope my players do too. And there were moments in the game where the reaction from the players was such that I was like, oh my god, it did exactly what I wanted it to do. So like, for instance, when the woman uh, starts birthing worms out from between her legs, <laughs> and I mean, Wayne is horrified by this. <laughs> yes, I'm pretty sure my character was too, but I was. <laughs> and then when I was describing uh, Spring Roll Man, uh, I, Spring I got Roll Man. Yeah, you know, Spring Roll Man, uh, I, I, I got the similar reactions, and those moments really tickled me a great deal. So, uh, and then, you know, there, and I think we've talked about this previously, but, uh, you know, the, the fact that Paul was so willing to go extra, extra dark at the end uh, in that, uh, you know, kind of, kind of post uh, game uh, uh, narrative, I, 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 it's one of those things that just made me giggle. Well, and I love digging through Spring Romance guts. I, you know, I, I, we're going to talk about this here in a minute, but the, the character journey for me was a lot of fun. Well, and there was a moment I was surprised no one mentioned. It was, uh, I want to say it was Tim's character, because I'm having a hard time remembering how it all played out. But after seeing uh, Mikey Mason's character kill somebody, and then I teleport everyone away basically to an underground hellish location one character fought back and i had to teleport back and we have that serious moment conversation where basically i have to tell them i agree with you that was that was messed up but we have something bigger we need to deal with right now and i remember that i it had to have been you wasn't it tim yes it was well it was a pain in the ass player character moment for him so (laughs) guess who it was it was me yeah, it was one of those moments where when it happened, I didn't even think about it when I went back to get you. But I, we were abandoning the rest of the team to who knows what because they didn't have another teleporter. 
but I also wanted to get through that my character wasn't okay with that either. So I, I liked having that chance to have the conversation of, you know, yeah, I agree with you. I didn't do that either. I wasn't any part of that. We've talked about our favorite parts. What about our least favorite part? Um, Aaron, why don't you start us off on this one? I'm not sure I've got a least favorite part of Ghosts of Rainsboro, other than the fact that, you know, it's going to be almost a year before we record more Ghosts of Rainsboro. I think that when we got to the end of it, I was so jazzed, I wanted to do more Ghosts of Rainsboro. I'm still jazzed for it. Yeah. No, I, I and, it, you know, it was one of the challenges that I had was working on Ghosts of Rainsboro while editing Knights of Rainsboro. You know, because I, I was still editing those episodes as well. And man, that's confusing as I'll get out. So, yeah, yeah, I, I think just, you know, the gap between when we get to record the next bit of that. All right. Well, how about you, Andrew? Well, you know, I wasn't on uh, the show, so I don't have any uh, behind the scenes knowledge of things that might true, have been true. going on and whatnot. But from as a listener, uh, you know, I, I can't say that I, I had a least favorite moment. The stuff that I heard, uh, as I was saying, I, I loved all of it. So uh, from my perspective, it was all good. Wayne? Yeah, I've been trying to think of a least favorite moment, and I'm not really coming up with any. I mean, I, I really enjoyed the game. It got dark to the point of I was left speechless at the end. But <laughs> I still, I enjoyed it. it was at, I mean, it was a, I had moments of true, like, mind fuck at the end. And this is even, before we get into the final scene of it, this was even before that, because as players, we didn't hear that until it came out. That was as big of a surprise to us, except for Aaron and Paul, as it was to everyone else. Just what we had in game. And the moment where, Aaron, you you were doing the voice of Paul's character's wife, and she says... Uh, you know, it's our son, Johnny. It's our son, Johnny. It's our son. I, <laughs> it, I, my jaw literally dropped. I was left speechless. I was, my mind was going through, you know, basically, would Aaron really do that? Has this gotten really <laughs> that dark? Is this really that fucked up? Yep. <laughs> and the answer was yes. Oh, that's hysterical. And it's like, I was not prepared for that, especially when the tone of the first one was so light in comparison. It caught me off guard. And that's a least favorite moment? <laughs> no, I, I didn't really I I didn't oh, have a least just favorite moment. Just wanted to make exactly. sure, because that sounded awesome to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Mark it was... I, that really messed with my mind, though, because I was not expecting it. I keep telling Paul that we need to release a recipe for, uh, you know, the, the barbecue sauce. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Tim? Um, well, anybody that has listened to me on some of these podcasts knows I'm not a big fan of horror. And there were points in that game that were just too much. I, I got to be honest. Like, I'd mute it, and I'd have to, like, take the headset off for a minute. It was – there was, like, spe- like specifically the scene where Johnny's wife is going down Spring Roll Man's abyss. <laughs> and I had to make the decision to – if do I save him, Paul, 
or let him go down. And it's like, I should just let him die because everything else is so fucked up in his life now. It's like, <laughs> oh, no, I wouldn't do that. But I was that that tore me up. And so I, th- the genre in and of itself got too dark for me personally. So that's my answer. Paul, um, I'd say for me, it was the scheduling of it, and you know the the, the changes we had to make. Like you know, I introduced a, a, a Scully to my Mulder, and I don't remember yes. her character's name, but you know she was in the first episode, and you know I know there were plans to incorporate her in future episodes, and you know if you know maybe we'll see her in the future, but you know it was because of. While I enjoyed the condensed nature of the story, I also feel like there's so much more left unsaid. You know, oh, there's yeah. so much more left to do. Um, and so, you know, for me, I'd say the least favorite part really was just trying to to jam that scheduling in. But like you mentioned earlier, it was it allowed us to focus. And um, but if if I were to pick one thing that particularly surprised me and not in the best way was um, <laughs> was just how well we rolled on the final battle. Um, I mean, we we took that guy out without any, um, you know, with, without any real complication. Well, and you know, that, the big bad, and that is one of the challenges of Savage Worlds because you can have a a a super high powered guy that you know if the dice explode just the right way as they did, it will shorten that combat. <laughs> yeah. So I would have, you know, I, I feel like there would have been more for him to say uh-huh. <laughs> had we had a longer battle. Um, but, you know, we, we, we kicked his ass. You know, uh-huh. as, as, a, as a, you know, it, it, <laughs> and if you're into the just kicking ass, great. But, you know, while they're, you know, at that point, we're, we're like really into the story and I'm waiting to find out, you know, motivation and things like that. And then, no, I shoot him in the face and it explodes. Um, it just... I know Aaron as a GM will find a way to you know have more explanation you know if we do Ghost of Rainsburg again, which we'll talk about here in a bit. But um, that was just surprising for me. Yeah, I have to agree with you. I didn't even I forgot all about that, Paul, because I remember I think both Tim and I had built up some major attack that was going to take like yeah. rounds to go off, and everyone was dead before it would go off. So we just I like ended up firing at dead bones because there was nothing left to shoot. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, we've played as our Knights of Rainsboro characters for two seasons now, and we've kind of grown to, you know, grown into those characters. But Ghosts of Rainsboro, we had, you know, a shorter lead time and a shorter play time. And so we created all new characters specifically for that, um, for that storyline. Uh, so how did we feel about those characters and their journey? And would we play as them again? And quite frankly, would we you know, uh, you know, Tim, you mentioned um, that you know it got a little dark for you. Would you even play in another Ghost of Rainsboro again? So why don't we start with you? I, I like gaming with you guys. I really like gaming with Mikey. Um, I think what I would say is is that if you know John's schedule freed up or Andrew's schedule freed up, and you wanted to keep it more concise, I would be okay being the odd man out. But that's not to say that I wouldn't do it again. Sometimes. You know, sometimes gaming is about going, getting away from your comfort zone too, and so I, I didn't. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy the journey. I'm just saying if you're asking me my personal flavor, it was it was a little dark. So yeah, I would I would play again, but I'd also be content with giving up my seat to Andrew so that he could play a three issue or whatever. Nicely um, stated, it, Tim. 
you know, and I like the hitchhiker. Um, but I also really like my the the dog character I came up with. So I like the dog sw- character too, Tim. I'd probably switch it out, you know. So Wayne, uh, go ahead. I uh, I liked my character. I liked my NPC. I would definitely do something with it again. Uh, I also I would yeah I'd have no problem doing another ghost of rainsboro you know doing more with those characters you know i wouldn't want to spend too much time away from our main characters but yeah i i would like to revisit revisit him and do more with him paul uh yeah i think my answer is obvious uh absolutely uh you know the journey that johnny (laughs) when we were sandboxing how these characters all knew each other to avoid having the here's how everyone meets episode um and everyone knew each other through johnny boondocks i was just like huh okay i'm really going to enjoy this <laughs> <laughs> you know and then you know the, the the you know the 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 turn that johnny boondocks took through the story you know he started off as just this cop you know this good cop and you know things just went darker and darker and darker and he lost more and more and more as the storyline went on until you know the end he's crawling through some bad guy's guts um, to save his wife, you know, after he stabs someone with a you know a stick that has his dead baby on it, I, I, that that journey for me, you know, and that spiraling down, while I will say was exhausting, yeah. um, it was in the best possible way. You know, it's kind of like when you watch a horror movie and you're just like tense and anxious and you're really into it, and at the end you're like, Jesus Christ, I'm tired. Um, that's how this was for me. You know, I mean, just. You know, taking that emotional journey and, you know, like actually, you know, because once the storyline started heading that way, I was like, I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to, to you know, to, to play along with these aspects and, and you know, further this aspect um, of the storyline. And so I just I enjoyed the hell out of it. And I would absolutely uh, be down for season two. Now, will we do Ghost of Rainsboro season two? Absolutely. Um I, I, in fact, we're going to be recording it uh, before too long, as soon as we wrap up season three of Rainsboro, which we are already halfway through. Yeah, we've got uh, we got two, maybe three more episodes left. It'll be a little bit longer than uh, season two. One thing that we started with Ghost of Rainsboro that you probably saw a difference of in the second half of Knights of Rainsboro because that it was edited after Ghost of Rainsboro was we started incorporating the use of sound effects. It's. Uh, I will say it's made. I'm sure it's made editing a bit of a beast. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Uh, but for me, I think it furthered the listening experience. I, I enjoyed it. I had started using some sound effects uh, in season one in the annuals uh, for Rainsboro, but not anything like to the effect that that I I used in uh, Ghosts. And the reason why I kind of ratcheted that up is I thought that it would help the horrific feel. You know, to really, you know, uh, you know, create the atmosphere. And, uh, and, I, and I would say, as a listener, that it did. Yeah, I, and I, and so, I, yeah, because I really was trying to, you know, turn the creepiness up to eleven at some points. And you know, there, I think one of my favorite sound effects is uh, uh, gunshots, you know, Johnny Boondocks's gun, because you know, when you play them just right, they'll startle you. You know, and so you know. <laughs> Even though I edited it and I know where they are, I can be driving my car listening to it, and it will make me jump. 
and 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 that I, I just I like how that works, you know, and I, I like how uh, the background sounds will just kind of set you on edge because they're just a little dissonant and creepy, uh, and I dig that. So one of the things that uh, you know it, it, that we incorporated music and sound effects on to uh, to great effect, or you know. Effect, <laughs> effect, um, was the ending of uh, of Knights of Ghosts of Rainsboro. So, uh, if you haven't listened to Ghosts of Rainsboro, please stop listening now and go listen to that um, because the end. You know, we, we'll, we'll probably spoil the ending here. Um, like earlier, like Wayne mentioned earlier, the ending was something that after the end of the episode, Aaron and I were talking the next day, <laughs> and uh, you know, he, he said, I, "I really would have loved it." You know, because Mikey's character was holding one of the uh, the charcoal babies. Right, Paul. Aaron, before you explain it, can I just say, Aaron had you were an evil bastard, and Paul, you are fucked up for agreeing to this. <laughs> yeah, go on. What the fuck? What the fuck's wrong with you, Jim? <laughs> uh, well, Paul and I are soulmates. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, Mikey's character is holding one of these babies, and Aaron is just prodding him. And you know, you could tell Mikey's not into it, but Aaron's like. But he smells so delicious. All I'm wanting to, all I wanted Mikey to do is just lick his fingers. That's all I wanted to do, you know. <laughs> and, and I mean, I, I couldn't make it happen. Try as I might, I couldn't make it happen. And so I, the the next day, when Paul and I were talking, I was just, you know, whining about that. That you know, I really think this would have been perfect if Mikey would have licked his fingers, you know. <laughs> and uh, I said, you know, I, I was even thinking about, you know, wouldn't it be great if, you know. He took a bite out of the baby. Or even, you know, if uh, Johnny Boondocks did. And Paul goes, I'd totally do that. <laughs> I mean, I mean, just it doesn't even miss a beat. I totally Shocking, <laughs> shocking no one. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it shocked us when we listened to it. Because we didn't know about it until we listened. Well, and the best part about it is, so Aaron and I are scripting this out at work. <laughs> So, you know, so we, we, we put together our little script of, you know, what we're going to say. And, you know, we, we try to, you know, rewrite it to the best effect. And, and I think we recorded it that evening. Uh-huh. Um, and I just remember, you know, Aaron just telling me that he was just giggling when he added the music and the sound effects. Well, here, I, here's what I thought you were going to talk about, Paul, is we did it, right? We, we, we recorded it. Uh-huh. And Paul wasn't happy with his performance. And he's like, no, I, I can do better than that. I want to do it again. I mean, he just completely threw himself into it. I've got better in me, Aaron. I can do this better. I can more convincingly devour my child. <laughs> well, I didn't want it to sound. You know, I want. I, I, I'm not clearly not the greatest voice actor, but I wanted to sound tortured a little bit. I, I wanted to sound like I was, you know, going down the spiral after everything that happened. So, so yeah, we recorded it a couple times. <laughs> and, uh, and you know, it, 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 the ending has seemed to really connect with folks who've listened to it. Um, you know, it, it, yeah, it, it connects with their wallets getting therapy after listening to it. I I could not think of a better way that could have ended. I, I, I giggled as I edited that, and I giggle every time I listen to it. I just it it tickles me. <laughs> the chomping noises. <laughs> the yummy noises. <laughs> Yum. Falling off the bone. <laughs> <laughs> 
So even though we finished recording Knights of Rainsboro season two before we recorded Ghosts of Rainsboro, we took that break in between. Um, and you know, Knights of Rainsboro season two. One of the reasons it took a little while to edit or to, to release was the editing. You know, we had learned some things on Ghosts of Rainsboro that we wanted to incorporate into editing Knights of Rainsboro, including that you know, the sound effects and things like that. Um, there were some scripted scenes that needed to be plotted out, and you know, life got in the way. But recently, we finally dropped the the concluding chapters of Knights of Rainsboro season two, as well as the first three episodes. Um, we replayed those with uh, added introductions. And so, you know, at the end of Knights of Rainsboro, uh, Aaron, would you like to explain it? Because I don't want to, I don't want to uh, explain it incorrectly. Well, so at the end of of Knights of Rainsboro season two, uh, clearly somehow someone has gone back in time and reset history. Is that where, what happened? That is what happened. Huh? Huh? And so, uh, you know, we hear in uh, the Columbus journals. That uh, you know, a a a a man, a strange man called Ironclaw, uh, has rallied the uh, the the native peoples of the Americas to fend off the European invaders, and so uh, you know, perhaps that is an indication of what season three will be about. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> so I think one of the questions that was asked is, you know, the. Uh the ending mm-hmm. of Knights of Rainsboro season two, where the the white light illuminates the sky and and something happens, does that undo the ending of Ghosts of Rainsboro? I don't think it undoes the ending of Knights of Rainsboro. What I think it undoes is all of Rainsboro. Yeah, I mean, I think the answer to that is wait till season three and see how that wraps up. I, I guess we could talk a little bit about what people will hear next in terms of Rainsboro and it'll be uh, season one I'm sorry <laughs> season one season three episode one of uh, Knights of Rainsboro um, we'll have that episode so you'll, you'll have a flavor of what this world is now in light of the events of uh, season two and then following episode one, we'll have the sandbox session. So you can kind of hear how we got where we were. Mm. So those will be the first two episodes out for season three uh, and then plowing on through the rest of season three. Uh, I don't want to spoil anything about season three, but I can tell you that uh, we kind of turn things on its ear and it's a hell of a lot of fun, or at least I think so. No, it absolutely is. I'm looking forward (laughs) to folks listening to it. You know, I'm looking forward to, uh, to the questions that we're going to get at the end of episode one of season three. Sure. It's hard to talk about season three in vague terms for me without getting really pissed. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Fair. So I'd rather say nothing. (laughs) So final question of the day is what's up with Star Trek Aegean? (laughs) What the hell is Star Trek Aegean? Is that the new movie? Yeah, it is. I I think it's the new Netflix series. (laughs) Uh, Wasn't Star Trek Aegean just retconned out of existence when they did the new movies? <laughs> so, so see, that was an alternate reality. It's, yeah, it's an alternate uh, story. reality. Um, uh, wait, not, not so, a time travel story. So but the story. alternate reality is the new permanent reality, so Aegean, since it was in the old reality, never existed. God damn it. You see, Wayne, there's an infinite number of universes that exist, so they can both simultaneously exist. I'm giving realities. Aaron an out for the game that he'll never run. Oh, I'm going to run that game. That game's coming. <laughs> 
So funny story, <laughs> sir. Um, I've since watched all of Deep Space Nine, all seven <laughs> seasons. Don't you love it? <laughs> <sighs> loves me some Deep Space Nine. But the question is, what's up with Star Trek and Gene? Well, you know, the challenge is, is schedules, uh, as it's been. Uh, we are rapidly. Uh, finishing up season three of Knights of Rainsboro. And because of our goal to run ghosts during uh, Halloween, uh, we are going, that will be the thing that we record immediately following season three. My goal then would be to record Star Trek Aegean once we're finished with uh, ghosts. And I would expect it to be a truncated season, much as ghosts has been. Uh, that we would do like maybe three episodes uh, to to get Star Trek a G in kind of a, a contained story, and then just kind of cycle through you know Knights of Rainsboro, Ghosts of Rainsboro, Star Trek a G in, and then anything else that we might want to do. That's kind of my thought. Awesome. I think we I think we've also come up with a, a sort of a semi best practice on how to deal with the scheduling issues. Yeah, too. talk about that, guys. What you can because I know there's there's some surprises out there. Yeah, I don't want to um, ruin it. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna hashtag uh, the thing we hashtagged before, but uh, <laughs> we found that um, it's pretty cool to look and say, "Hey, there's a federal holiday coming up. Why don't we all get our acts together and do four hours of Knights of Rainsboro right. or whatever?" That was pretty cool. Yeah, that, so that, that has worked that, well for us. I think that's a best practice from now on. Yeah. So we need to look at the calendar and go. Yeah, do anything for Fourth of July. What the what the f? Yeah. Although Fourth of July is a bad holiday, but you yeah, get my it is. Point. I, I actually have things yeah. going on Fourth of July. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, I thought with oh, we're real surprised is. by that one, Eric. Not available. I have people who love me uh, that want to see me on that day. Yeah. Besides you guys, I, I, yeah, it, it's a bad one. But like, oh, well, you in addition know, to that, we use, we use President's Day like oh, a, like, oh, oh, like oh, wait a minute, do. Columbus Day. Oh, oh. <laughs> What I thought you were going to mention, Tim, was um, our Untitled Fate Project. Schismcast? Is that hashtag Untitled Fate Project? (laughs) Untitled Fate Uh, Project. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it it is titled, but the first episode is called Untitled because in the first episode we decide what setting we're going to play in. Uh, Andrew has volunteered to GM on our off weeks a an actual play uh, using the Fate Core rules. Um, we in the first episode we we hash out some settings. We decide on a setting. In the second one, we flesh it out a little bit more. Uh, we will be recording our third episode soon, where we talk about our characters, and then we'll be uh, deep into the actual plays on that one. And so, really looking forward to you guys listening to that. I, I think that one's going to be a lot of fun. Can't I don't want to ruin the first episode here. So well, I don't um, think it spoils anything, Paul, to say that you know we we pick this sci-fi setting where there's a federation, alliance, if you will, of of alien races, and that we have set the game kind of on the edge of known space. And then we're traveling out in a spaceship, and we're like the you know the players are the crew crew members on some of the key crew members on the on the. Uh, command staff on the ship and they go out and have adventures and then they return to this uh let's call it a star base uh in between adventures i hate all you guys i think yeah i think the title of the first one is why we all hate air yeah (laughs) right back at you chief i I think we call it space trek ogn something something along those lines it was uh wasn't it uh the odyssey uh space trek the odyssey i think yeah, something along those lines. Uh, something like that. Because we're calling the ship the Odyssey. <laughs> jackals, jackals, jackals. 
So that may or may not be the real plot uh, of what we're doing with this uh, yet-to-be-untitled uh, Fate Project. But uh, It was definitely in. pitched, though. T- tune in and find out. And we'll be releasing that uh, very soon, once we have a couple more episodes under our belt. Because shocking scheduling is <laughs> <laughs> well, To be fair, part of the problem is that we were all together in St. Louis for one of the weeks. Uh, and then, and you know what? The, we're going to yeah. get five actual plays out of that. Uh, yeah. I'm looking forward to dropping those to the feed as well. Yeah. Fair enough. All right, folks. Well, um, as mentioned before, you know, get the word out on Knights of Rainsboro. Please let us know that you did. You know, post links to, on Facebook, any social media. Give us reviews on iTunes. Anything you can do to get the word out on Knights of Rainsboro, and let us know what you thought of Knights of Rainsboro. Uh, if you have any feedback, suggestions, comments, any of that good stuff, um, Aaron. We are. Oh, uh, you mean the number nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three? That number again is nine seven two seven six three five nine zero three. If we use your voicemail on the air, you'll win a coveted, valuable ideology of madness surprise. And in particular, we're interested in your feedback on the feedback show, so that we can have a <laughs> feedback show about the feedback or the feedback show. <laughs> I think I've identified a core problem in our process that may be leading to delays in recording. <laughs> so, guys, preview for, for for the feedback of the feedback show. Favorite moments of the feedback show. <laughs> <laughs> the pre-recording when everybody talked about something Japanese that sucks. <laughs> uh, thanks a bunch, guys. Y'all have a good night. Bye. Hi, everyone. Knights of Rainsboro is a production of ideologyofmadness.com. Intro music generously provided by Derek K. For more information about Derek and his music, visit penmachine.com. Outro music is provided courtesy of Dan Kelso. You can find these and other great pod-safe tunes at musicalley.com. All goat sex involved in the production of this podcast was purely consensual. 